We're glad you're here today. Looks like most of you made it through Thanksgiving. Obviously, some of you didn't um, that aren't here, but it's a good thing to be here. It's a good thing to have Thanksgiving. You know, it's a little bit amazing to me, and I think it's this way. It, it seems to be getting worse. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's getting better particularly. Um, but, you know, we have Thanksgiving, and, and for the most part, uh, you know, we're thankful for the food. We're thankful for the getting to be around family if we haven't seen them, or maybe we're thankful we're not around them. I'm not sure. But you can be the way on that. But we're thankful. We're thankful for the, the, the being together, just having family and just having a good time and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. That's what I work with a lot. Uh, lots of smiles and, and lots of uh, uh, good, wonderful fellowship. And then comes Friday morning. And all hell breaks loose. I mean, literally, I've seen stuff on Facebook and YouTube, people getting into fistfights over televisions. And it's amazing to me that we can go, and if you went shopping, she went shopping early, so, so I'm not talking about everybody. But the world has this focus. We're on Thanksgiving doing this, and in a moment, we go from Thanksgiving to I want's. And that becomes the focus. Guess what? It's four, four weeks from the day. What is it? Christmas. Four weeks after that, guess what? Or another week after that, guess what? It's a new year. So as we leave Thanksgiving, we jump into this Friday thing, and what the world is going to do is they do this, and they do a great job of it. And if you don't think they're doing it subtly, they're not. They're doing it right in your face. They're basically telling you from this point forward, and they've already started that, actually. Some people started Friday on Thursday. Pretty soon we're going to be doing Good Black Friday on Tuesday. Of the, it's just getting crazy. And then we got Cyber Monday coming, for those of you that love to do it that way. And that's okay to do shopping for a good deal, get a good bang for your buck, all that stuff. But you know what? That's not what's going to bring you joy. What you get, going from thanksgiving to what I can get, is not going to give you lasting joy. But you know what they're going to tell you on television, right? What? You got to have this, and you're going to be happy. If you have this, you're going to be glad. If you have this, it means you're somebody, and more importantly, you can't live without anything they're selling on television. Have you ever seen anybody, a commercial that says you don't need this? <laughs> there you have it. You don't do that. Like you don't teach a kid how to lie. They're born that way. Okay? Human nature. But what are we grateful for? What's really important? This message is called a grateful heart or the grateful heart. So what's the difference between a grateful heart and the grateful heart? Truly pretty much everything. And that'll make a little more sense as we go on. But I want you to look at some pictures for a second. I want you to basically kind of get a feel for how it makes you feel. It's a beautiful winding road up, but that's actually in China. Beautiful, beautiful winding road. I wouldn't want to be on it riding a bicycle uphill or downhill, but it's, pure, it's beautiful, beautiful, peaceful. Let's go to the next one, Ann. It's a beautiful walk in a 
a forest and the fog. It's early in the morning. Just grateful to be out there just where it's peaceful. You can just hear the birds, and then you can be on the water. Or you're just walking to a beautiful island that's out there and just enjoying the, the scenery and the clouds. And it's great. You can have a grateful heart for just being out there in God's creation. But then we can have this where we're a little different atmosphere. And it's a pier, but it's to a storm. Or maybe it's to a, a valley with no water. That's Maybe you feel insignificant. Maybe just life's too big for you right now. Maybe the next slide is it shows you another storm coming down and lightning. And boy, you know you can be scared of that and a tornado on top of that. That's, that's, that's scary. And before you know it, hold on that chair for just a second, Ann. There can be things coming at you. There can be situations coming at you right now that you're in. And it could be in life, it could be medically, it could be in your family, it could be in your job. And you are in that The world would have you believe that you are in that chair alone in that room with no one to help you. And so what's the first thing we do by nature? We hit the panic button. We begin to run around and we begin to say the world is coming, it's falling, the ceiling is falling, everything. And what happens coming out of that is instead of being grateful, all of a sudden we can't even remember our own name. Now, the purveyors of that panic are called media. If, if that's what you're watching to depend on whether or not you're happy and glad, I got news for you. Forget about it. I don't care whether you're on the far left or the alternate right or anywhere in between. This earth has nothing that is going to give you satisfaction and peace. There is only one that can do that, and his name is Jesus. You see, it's easy as all get out to have a grateful heart when money's in the bank, you're feeling good, just got a promotion. I don't know. Fill in your blank for life going good. You can have a grateful heart then. But I'm going to tell you something. To have the grateful heart in the middle of cancer, in the middle of a divorce, in the middle of losing a job, to have the grateful heart that will get you through that, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit released from heaven to come to you so that you're not sitting in a chair alone. You have the power of God and his Holy Spirit with you so that you are never alone. Amen? So listen. listen don't listen to the world. Don't listen in panic to what's going on. God is not. God hadn't lost control of this place. He isn't going to. He's going to allow to happen what he wants to allow to happen. Nothing's going to get by God. He's not asleep at the wheel. God knows it. You can sit there and fret your head off, or you can just say, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to trust God. That's all two things you got to do. You see, because you can't change anything. That's like being mad at somebody for 20 years. What good did that do? 
The person you were mad at from high school forgot about you for 20 years, and you spent 20 years still being mad at him or her. <laughs> That's not the way God wants us to live. He wants us to have the grateful heart. I want you to look at a short video, and then we're going to go back through about four, five, six, maybe, depending on how many I can get to, of the grateful heart. What can the grateful heart hold on to? Watch this video. You know, there's two words in that video that are especially meaningful to me and should be to you. And there are two words that are in there over and over and over again. And the two words are, but God. You see, but God, this world would be even worse than it is. But God, we would have no hope because we wouldn't have a son, Jesus that he sent to die for our sins. And it is alive and at the right hand of the Father and sent his spirit to us. But God, many of you can say, I wouldn't be here, but God saved me. Many of you can say, I wouldn't have lived through that disease, but God saved me. He did that with me in a stroke five years ago. But God, but God, he sent his presence. Let's talk about that for a second. The grateful heart can be grateful for his presence. Give thanks for God's presence in our lives. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 in the New Living says this. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. In other words, he's never going to leave you alone in the chair. So we can say with confidence what? The Lord is my helper. The Lord being my helper being what? The Holy Spirit. So I will have no fear. Not so I'll have less fear. He says so I know how to have no fear. What can mere people do to me? John 16, 32 in the Amplified says it this way. But take notice the hour is coming 
But it has arrived when you will all be dispersed and scattered. It's talking about Jesus. Every man to his own home, leaving me alone. That would be Jesus. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. His presence. And Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor the flame kindle upon you. So what are those verses saying? His presence gives us peace and rest in all situations. His presence makes all the difference in every situation that we face. You see, God's not limited anywhere to just one subject or to just one thing. God is with you no matter what your circumstances may be. It may be health. It may be marriage. It may be family situation. It could be a job. It could, even, it could be school. But the point is this. In the midst of that chaos called living, when everything else seems like it's just going nuts, and it may be going that way, you can be thankful that you're not alone. His presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you. You talk to somebody who's just had a loved one die, and we've seen that, I've seen that many over and over again. And you'll go to the house and you'll meet with them and you'll look at their face and their face will just be, it'll, there'll be sadness there, but there'll be peace. Now, that peace can take a lot of different forms, but it's grace. They'll ultimately get to, it's just God's grace that's getting me to this. Look, folks, that's not spiritual mumbo jumbo. That's the truth. There are people in this room that I could say, raise your hand. How many times have you known his presence to be with you at work or at a job or at war or in the car? You see, his presence we can always be grateful for because the truth is he's everywhere. And the helper means he's there for you. And you are not alone. So the grateful heart can be grateful in any event that's going on for his presence. What are you going through? Why are you feeling alone? Why are you feeling hopeless? Be grateful. Have the grateful heart of his presence, knowing he's with you. His protection. The grateful heart acknowledges the protection and we must give thanks for God's protection in our lives. You know, sometimes we don't even sometimes we don't necessarily realize when that's happened. But but last week we had our girls out. One of them, a set of twins, they had their birthdays. We were taking them out for a dinner, and I was running an errand in the afternoon. And I was down by our famous road that goes uh, Money Tree goes into Jones Maltzberger and McAllister Parks on that side. And it's just, I mean, they're just flying. Cars are flying. Well, I've learned one thing, and if you haven't learned this, I highly advise you to learn it. Go. Green does not mean go. <laughs> Green means to just wait a while and make sure everybody's decided to stop. And then, because here's what happened. I pulled up, and it's two ways. You can go left, you can go right. Left goes up to our HEB at Thousand Oaks. Right goes back to Blossom Athletic Center. I pulled up in my pickup truck. I always feel more confident in my truck than I do our car. I don't know why. But I pulled up into my truck, and I stood there and looked at the, the little thing waiting for it to go down, 
because there's a countdown timer. Another car pulls up this way, and he's looking like this, kind of watching because he couldn't see past my truck, so he's waiting on me to cue him. And so all of a sudden, the light turns green. But I've learned, don't go. I waited. The other car didn't because the other car said, well, he's just not going. He pulled out just about a car length from me, and I mean two cars. And this happened in a split second. We're not talking about 15, 20 seconds later. No, in a split second, two cars came from both directions going about 60 miles an hour. One of them followed by a police car who was just in a hurry to get someplace else. He wasn't chasing him. But both cars ran the red lights, and had either one of us pulled out, he'd have been dead for sure. My pickup would have probably held up to the Toyota. But here's the thing. God protected me. How many times has a wreck happened in front of you? You think you were just lucky? Rephrase your sentence. There have been time after time after time you can remember in your life where you say, wow, I'm glad we didn't do that. Or, wow, I'm glad we didn't go there. Or, glad we didn't do. And you know what? Don't take any credit for that. And for Pete's sake, don't count it as luck. It's God's protection. And the grateful heart realizes that in everything. You see, God has a plan. His plan is perfect. And you can trust him with it. Psalms 121, 3 through 8 says this. He's not going to let you stumble. The one, being God, who watches over you will not slumber. God ain't asleep at the wheel, folks. No matter what the media says, by the way, the media is not in charge. God is. Let me say that again. The media is not in charge. God is. And they are going to lose. God wins. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. There it is again. The Lord himself watches over you. You. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. There are no accidents to God. There are no, let me say that again. This can be a hard one. There are no accidents with God. God allowed things to happen for a reason. In fact, a lot of times, some of the worst things that I've ever seen happen to individuals or family members coming out of that has been some of the most amazing stories that you can believe of God's strength and God's grace. Circumstances do not determine God's grace. You don't earn grace. You can't do anything to buy grace. Grace is a free gift from God, and he dispenses it out of heaven. And you are the benefactor. The Lord keeps watch over you, verse 8, as you come and go, both now and forever. That forever is a big word. That forever means someday you're going to be somewhere besides here, and it's either going to be, and I'm telling you what, you don't hear about this in church a lot anymore? You surely don't. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, you're going to hell. I'm just going to say it again. If you don't know Jesus, if you have not accepted him as Savior and Lord, and let me rephrase that one more time. If you haven't repented of your sin and asked for forgiveness of the Father, 
and ask for his blood to cover you and to come into your heart and change you from the inside out so that you are a new creation, born again by the power of the Spirit and according to the blood and by the cross and his resurrection. And you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. Sounds like a, sounds like a hard thing, right? Do you think God wants you? No. That's why he sent his son so you'd have a way from it. Does that mean you've got to live perfect? Who in the fire ever told you that? And oh, by the way, prosperity, if you have a whole lot of stuff, that means God loves me best, baloney. Sorry, you're just stupid. No, he doesn't. God loves everybody in this room. If you were drunk as Cooter Brown last night at the Club 210 downtown, he loves you. It doesn't matter that you were sleeping with somebody else's husband last night. God loves you. He hates sin. But he loves you. This protection he gives you, it's for a reason. It's because he cares for you. He desires you to know his son as Savior and Lord. And he gives us protection from hell, literally, through the son of Jesus. Jesus, his son, on the cross, who shed his blood for you. You're not too bad a dude. You're not too tough. You're going to die someday if Jesus doesn't come first. Where are you headed? Heaven or hell? With Jesus, there is eternal life. With Jesus, there is forgiveness of sin. You must remember in the dangerous situations that we have faced in the past how God protects us and be grateful to him. Provision. You know what? The world says this. You need everything I've got out here. You need to buy it, and then you're going to be happy. Provision says this. We must give thanks for God's provision in our lives. The Lord has been faithful to meet all our needs. Now, you know what? That does not mean for one second that you're going to have all you want. There's an old country and western song down. The guy says, uh, thank God for unanswered prayers. The truth of the matter is, you need to be glad that some of your prayers weren't answered, right? Because I know I'd be in a heap of trouble if you'd answered some of them. Philippians 4.19, we've heard this a while. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, we've got everything we could ever need in the person of Christ, Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. Psalm 33, 18, 19 says this. Watch this. God's eye is on those who respect him, the ones who are looking for his love. He's ready to come to their rescue in bad times. In lean times, he keeps body and soul together. We must learn to trust in the Lord for the supply of all our needs, then we not fear the future. And that is what is being sold on media and television today, is fear. It's fear, not hope. Oh, they'll talk about hope in a person. They'll talk about hope in an individual. But fear. He can meet our needs in the difficult times. We can give thanks for people, too. I've heard it many times. People will say, I'm just so grateful that person came into my life. Well, that person didn't come in by accident. God sent them. 
Sometimes people that we can think of can be relatives. Sometimes it could be family members. Sometimes it could even be a coworker. But here's the thing. We must give thanks for the people who God has given us in our lives, such as parents, relatives, friends, colleagues, neighbors, etc. Now, in 2 Timothy, it says this. I remember your genuine faith. This is Paul for you. Share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother. See these relatives here, Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan the, into the flames the spiritual gift of God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Here's the truth, Christian. You don't have to walk around with your head ducked. Verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Amen? We don't have to be chicken Christians. We don't have to be. That doesn't mean you walk up to everybody you think's lost and slap them in the face with a Bible. But you live your life as under the Lord. You don't need to hide who you believe in. But the greatest testimony to people who are lost is Cooter Brown in a snowstorm is how you live your life when things go bad. You can be one of these people that someday they may say, the grateful heart I have is for that person. I saw how they acted during all the stuff that was happening to them, and they didn't quit. Well, that wasn't you that did that. That was the Holy Spirit inside of you that did that. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. We should not fret over the evil we have experienced through some bad people. Rather, we should be thankful for all the wonderful people who have been giving a, been a great blessing to us. Now, I understand how if you've been divorced, you can say, well, I forgive everybody but her. Well, I, you know, well, here's the truth. You need to forgive. I had a problem with that big time. I thought I had every justification to stay mad. You know what that was keeping me from? That was keeping me from the love of God said to me, and whether you believe this or not, I don't really care, but on a Monday morning, I was driving down 35, getting off at Jones, at a Coliseum Road, heading to the warehouse there. That's when it was called that, in a brown Astro van, and I heard God say, if you'll forgive your, and I'm not going to name her name, ex-wife, then Jerry, I'll fill you with my spirit, and I'll change you. Now, I heard that voice, and I didn't get off, but Joe Freeman, I that exit, I went on to another part of town, west part of town, and I went to the house, knocked on the door. She came to the door, and I said, I need to ask you to forgive me. And I was kind of surprised the words came out of my mouth because I really wasn't going there. I was going there to, to kind of, you know, thinking she was going to say, I'm sorry. But that didn't happen, and I wasn't disappointed. You see, I walked that place free of anger, free of those chains that held me to that relationship that were keeping me from moving forward. And in that instant, in that instant, I'm telling you, I didn't decide that. God said, go do it. All I did was decide to go do what he said, and then he did what he said he would do. He delivered me from that. And I drove away from there, and I felt better than I had felt in years. Amen? Amen. Some of you have been in that place. Let go of him or her. That's done. Forgive and receive God's love. I don't know who you are. 
but I know you're in here. And I'm going to skip over to this last one called the promise. The reason I'm going to this one is we can give thanks to God for the promise of eternal life that he has given us. Psalm 73, 24 says, You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. This world isn't our home. Our citizenship is in heaven if we know Jesus. We must be grateful for this wonderful promise of eternal life which the Lord has given to us. We must not allow the pursuit of earthly blessings to leave us unprepared for eternity. Here's the thing. This all passes away. Preachers have said this for years. There's no hitches on hearses. You're not going to take any of this with you. There is a soul that is inside of you that is going to go somewhere, one of two places, when you die. But God's promise to us is that if we accept Jesus and we confess our sin and we realize, look, you're still going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. I guarantee you I'm going to mess up on 410 when a lady cuts me off. Guarantee I'm going to probably sin. Not meaning to, but anger. We don't need to be doing that. He hadn't given us that spirit of anger. What has he given us? A spirit of love. But he knows us, and he made us a promise. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. In other words, you ever have a friend turn their back on you and walk away? You ever have somebody that you just thought would be with you through thick and thin, and the minute things got hot, they left the kitchen, and you were standing by yourself? You ever have that? Amen? Okay, God doesn't work that way. In fact, God's even better than that by a whole long shot. You can run as fast as you want to trying to get away from God. You can look like one of them cartoon characters, just that way. And you know what? When you get there, two things are going to show up at the same time, your shadow and God. Think about it. Any more than you can get away from your shadow, you cannot get away from God. He's not going to let you go. So teenager, you're getting out of high school, you're getting ready to go to college, or you're just going up into high school and all those things, listen, I believe the same thing. Look, you you can't get away from God, and he's got a plan for your life. And you can be like me, you can be a rebel, (laughs) and you can try to fight it coming back from Vietnam. I didn't believe in anything. But I'm going to tell you something, God had a plan. When I got my divorce... From a wife who was an alcoholic, she abused me, committed adultery, you name it, she did it. Abortions that I didn't know about. Had three kids. The only thing that got me through those long nights when I knew that was going on, but God had said, you stay right where you are, Jerry Smith. It wasn't because I was so hyper-religious. It's because I didn't have anything to hold on to, and the only one that could hold on to me was God, and he will not let go of you. I don't care what you're going through right now. You are not alone. He is not going to let go of you, and you're going to make it through because he's got a plan for you. And part of God's plan for me happened to be Lida, who's my wife. We've been married 20 years last May. And you know what? God had a plan for me. Yeah. 
You need to clap for her because being with me for 20 years is no easy thing. I'm not sure I'm the blessing in the marriage, but that's okay. I've been called lots of things, never a blessing. Uh, no, seriously, you can, you can know this. You haven't messed up bad enough. You haven't. You're not hopeless. You have complete hope. You may say, my marriage doesn't have a chance. Oh, dear friend, yes, it does. You see, the Spirit brings healing physically, mentally, emotionally, inside and outside. You have a God who says, I sent a son to die for you. That's how much I love you. And he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. But you got to trust him. Now, don't anybody raise your hand. Of course, you get in trouble if you do. Right now, there's some of you in this room that are saying, it's impossible for me to have a grateful heart. I want to. I really do want to. I just can't get there. Others in this room would say, you know, I know what it's like to have the grateful heart in an impossible situation. And I know if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for someone else. You see, in this room, this room is not made up of perfect people. In fact, there are no perfect people. God's love for you is not determined for how big your bank account is. God's love for you is not determined for how big a house, how nice a car. God's love for you, that's not, don't believe it when you hear some preacher on television say the way you know God loves you is you're going to have a lot of stuff. No. If the, all we need is Jesus and his spirit and that's in us, then we have all we need. And none of that stuff's going to matter anyway. If money bought happiness, why do so many multi-millionaire athletes wind up flat broke, miserable, and divorced? I'm not going to name them, but you know who they are. You know, the Bible talks a lot about having faith, you know, that, that, that little things matter to God. Because if you're faithful in these little things, there can be that, that bigger things he can trust you with. But why should he trust you with this? Why should that happen if he can't trust you with this small thing over here? You say, I'm trusting God for everything. Heaven forbid I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But you don't tithe because you can't afford to. And money's still tight. Y'all know who Dak Prescott is? Okay, come on. Don't you act like you don't know who he is. It's church. You can be honest. I mean, that's where you're supposed to be honest. Y'all know who Dak Prescott is, right? Quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, young man, fantastic young man, fantastic quarterback, but that isn't what impresses me about Dak Prescott. Here's what impressed me, and some of you probably saw this. There was a video last week showing Dak Prescott sitting after scoring a touchdown, throwing a touchdown, drinking a cup of Gatorade, and that was a free promotion for Gatorade. But he was drinking a Gatorade. He took the cup, and he, and he went to throw it back in the trash can. He threw it, and he missed the trash can. It was right there. But instead of just going back and sitting down and letting somebody else pick it up, you know what that young man did? The young man picked it up. He got up, 
He realized he had missed it. He walks up, bends down, picks up the cup, puts it in the trash can, and then goes and sits back down. You know what? That says more about Dak Prescott than breaking every quarterback record there is in the NFL. You see, he was brought up to pick up after himself. Values were given to him, and he's being blessed. He is being blessed in lots of ways. But you know what? That family that raised him said, son, if you miss the trash, go pick it up. And that's a little thing, but that said everything to me and several million other people. You see, it's not about the big things. It's about those little things that God wants in your life. A prayer time. Instead of hitting the panic button, hit the prayer button. Go to prayer. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. Help. In, 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 in the battlefield, it's one of the, <laughs> you can get out the, <laughs> and, and he hears it. It's help. But he's there for you. And the grateful heart knows that. The grateful heart knows his presence. The grateful heart knows his promise. The grateful heart knows his protection. The grateful heart knows his peace. So whatever's going on with you right now, whatever's going on in your life, know this. God has a perfect plan for you. And it's to prosper. Doesn't mean money. But it's to prosper with him. To walk in peace. Listen, you know who the most generous people on earth are? They're not rich people. They're the poorest. They're poor people. People that don't have a lot give a whole lot more than people who have a lot. And it has big numbers. It says, look how much money Bill Gates gave her or Zuckerberg gave. Big deal. Look how much money they kept. And then you look at how God praises that, that widow's mite, that little bitty amount of nothing, that's all she had, was more than all the gold you could have got your hands on because it's all she had, but she gave it to him. So you need to know that the God in heaven that sent his son, that sent the spirit that is with you right now in this place, nothing's too big for God. The grateful heart. Oh, I can have a grateful heart in the good times. But do I have the grateful heart in the hard times of the valley?